0: Are you still? Are you still lighting? As he lights the cigar with the flame. Do your impression, dude. That was great. You need to do it, Dave. Do it for the camera. The do it. Dave. Is, is
1: that, that's not an impression.
0: That, yes, it is. Dude, you don't talk like that, bro? Yeah, but do you have an accent when you go when like when when you're around your uh your kinfolk and everything? Because my accent no. goes goes southern. When I'm around my kinfolk, my from dad's Kentucky, like
1: Papito, por qué? Más papito, por qué? That's that's how he, like when he yells at me in Spanish. I don't know what poquito means. What does that mean? Papito. Papito. It's like sun. Oh, okay.
0: He's calling you a son with your dad, so. Yeah. Okay. And your mom's Toto Odom, and your dad's Mexican? My mom's
1: Mexican, Toto Odom. Mom's Mexican. Toto Odom's, like, right there on the border of Mexico. Okay. Toto Odom. Okay. Oye, Jose, in Puerto Rico, from the Air Force. Oye,
2: Vato, como estas? We got to stick together, eh? I think it was the National Guard. National Guard. You suck, man. You suck, eh? (laughs) Hey, Vato! you, You hear it? Uh, uh, get it. Uh, uh.
0: Hey, guys, welcome back again to the Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast presented by Zeal Cigars, CigarSoapbox.com, and coming to you live from the Huddle Up Store Studios and bright and sunny and particularly hot today, Phoenix, Arizona. I am joined by my two wonderful co-hosts. I got part-time Dave just to my left, probably your right on the screen. He's in the middle of both JB and me, and JB is on the end. JB, tell the people what is going on.
2: What's
1: going on? Dude, come oh, man, you so get, you much get, you, enthusiasm. You that's something. about gotta, as much as you're going to get
0: from that kid do right something. there. Come on, come on Spicoli. Got to do something. <laughs> give, him, give him something to believe in. Give him something to believe in. Get, 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 do your best impression of me that you possibly can. Ready, set, go. Ooh, that's not, that's not a good idea. I thought, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm open for, I'm open for it. I mean, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you asked. Oh, Zinger. Is, I don't know why you're, I don't know why you're sleeping. I ain't sleeping in dude. I'm, I'm always awake. Oh Actually, I went to bed last night at 830, I'll be honest with you. Nah, he 8:30. ain't sleeping. 830 last night. It was great. It, he ain't sleeping. Yeah. Just one time. Yeah, I, went,
2: I, <laughs> I did. I've <laughs> been falling
0: we, we were tasting bourbon. And the bourbon got to me. That was the day that Carl
2: brought us really strong, uh, all those uh, padrones and the really strong bourbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so funny. That was great. (laughs) All
0: right, guys. Well, today we are talking about prepping going wild. And we got part-time Dave on here. Some of you guys wanted to ask, what's in his rucksack? What's in his... uh other sacks that he carries with himself that is not attached to him. What kind of going uh, wild yeah. show is this? <laughs> we're going we're to talk about you know uh, how did is it is it possible to prep without being crazy? I mean, a lot of us pre- probably know some preppers and so on and so forth. And I think there's a difference in being pre- between prepping and being prepared.
1: And I wanted you to bring some light to that day. So go so ahead and shoot. First and foremost, I want to get this out of out of the air. There's a difference. A lot of people who prep and stuff like that they compare themselves to soldiers. You are never going to prep like a soldier. You're not going to have gear like a soldier. You're not going to be having a rucksack like a soldier because you are a civilian, all their gear is given to them by their government backed by training. So with that's that, that's a being, good word, bro. So that's a good word. With that. For the being the pretenders said, out there. Yes. Yeah, for the pretenders, yeah. You got these guys who would like to be called tactical. You know, they buy all 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 the latest stuff and gizmos right. and stuff like yeah, that. Dude. And they train and good for you on training. That is awesome. That yeah. is a strong yeah. skill to have. Tactical guys. Tactical guys. Yeah. Uh, but realistically, for the average person who's a civilian, like <laughs> what type of stuff can they have? And I'll give you an example of some of the things I carry. Um, I'm a very avid backpack hunter. Um, I spend quite a bit of time out in the backcountry, mostly by myself. But uh, yeah. currently I'm going to be taking this uh, goober right here next to me, uh, JB. Uh, but, yeah, basic stuff to have as a civilian, mm-hmm. you know, first and foremost, a pack. You need a, a pack. You need a, pack. You need what a good kind of, pack. What,
0: what's a pack? Give me Give me an example of a pack. What, so something what
1: pack? that can carry at least, like, three days worth of gear. Okay. So basic survival gear. So when you think about, like, prepping, people have stuff that you can, you know, prep at home where you have – you know, food, water, shelter already there. Um, but say something happens where you guys have to leave in a rush. You know, usually they call it a bug out bag um, or shit hits the fan bag. Might want to blur that out. Sorry. You S-H-T-F. <laughs>
0: S-H-T-F. S-H-T-F. Is that what it is? Yep. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, so, then, and that's just a grab and go bag. Something happens you want Okay. To, you need to leave suddenly, right. you know. Realistically, was a scenario like that ever happen on U.S. soils, I don't know. It could. Let's hope not. Let's no, hope I, not. I don't want that to happen. If that happens, that is like yeah. that is the, we've seen signs that is towards the end of society where people have to bug out. Um, we you don't, know, we don't want that. We, don't we, d- want we definitely don't want that. Let's just let's
2: can we agree on something? We don't want society to end. No. Is that do you agree, JB? I mean, I don't want it to, yeah. but. Ultimately, is it's going to? Well,
0: of course, everything's going to end. I, I accept
2: the fact that it will, and yes. it is going to. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't Do know why think, Dave is so like up in my space right now. Like, like why
1: he, are you massaging dude, my like arm I just saw,
2: right now? That was now. on video right there. That <laughs> it's was very. Uh, you can file a claim with us, Dave. If you want,
0: you can file a claim. I don't with understand HR, the
2: i don't understand uh, the reason man, this, this video's this, cut like this today. Our video is just escalating on. quickly.
0: It, there he is. Are you trying to pull yourself in a little bit? Get out of there, Dave. There, there we there go. go. There All we right. go. Is that better for you, JB? Uh, he's you still feel, gonna.
2: He's still gonna be over here trying you, to touch, me though. More, trying you, to touch me. though. you feel more, you're I, touch You touching him, touched did, Me, man. You
0: molested Dave. I saw it on film. So did <sighs> everybody else. So uh, can you please write down carefordave.com you know, hashtag day, care for Dave. Another thing
1: people should pack is mace for situations mace. like that. where you,
2: You think that's gonna stop me, dude? I eat hot peppers for breakfast. That's awesome. Uh,
1: Yeah. That's awesome. So back to what I was thinking, like just basic stuff that people need, like food, water, um, basic necessities, hygiene. So speaking of hygiene, Dave,
0: A local baker and slash meat deli and slash everything deli just dropped off a kind of a care package for us. We trade them cigar labels that people pour off their uh, their cigars, and they bring us some good food. JB, tell them the shout-out and tell them our dog down the street from us who uh, hooks us up every now and then. Tell them who it is. Dude, Triple Delight Bakery, bro. Oh. Triple Delight Bakery on Cave Creek. You definitely want to go there, check out their goodies. Show that little thing he brought. Show the care package he gave us. Mm. This little kid, this is the best. This one needs to be in the bug-out bag right here, man. Check that out. Put it in Dave's camera. Oh, look at that. Gave us a little bug out bag sampler. Come on, dude. Come on. Okay. And Dave Dave's going to talk with his mouth full as he continues on about hygiene and why that's important. In it your is bug out bomb. Bag. So, oh, this is delicious. Yeah. What mm-hmm. is it? What is he? What are you eating? What is it? I have no idea what it yeah, is. It's a cookie. It's some kind of cookie or candy, Yeah, Dude, you like said that.
2: hygiene, bro. Why do I care about washing my butt when I'm trying to get out, dude? So if you're ever in a situation
1: where you actually have to use your bug out bag, you're already in a bad position. Having the basic necessities to make you feel better is very powerful to the human spirit. Okay. Okay. So being able to wash your hands, wash your hair, for women have, you know, feminine hygiene products. Okay. Those boost your morale. That little morale boost goes a long way. Uh, I bet so.
0: Yeah, I do bet so. Yeah, I I bet that's 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 probably a really, really good point that most guys won't think about. You don't feel better the worse you smell, Dave? I mean, I do. I don't. No, 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 <laughs> dude. I put on deodorant and cologne before I go to the gym, 100%. Yeah. You're one of those guys? I'm 100% one of those guys. You're get nasty walked, and sweaty anyway. I know, but here, the reality is I walked by somebody in the gym one time when I was like 16 years old. Dude oh, yeah. smelled like absolute forest and good. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put on cologne and a deodorant before I go to the gym. I used to not, but then I did. And tell you what, dude, it makes a difference. I've been married 28 years.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, yes, hygiene. Um, here in Arizona, I think one of the biggest things, uh, we live in a desert. What's one thing that's lacking in a desert? Water. Water, water. yeah. Um, having a supply of water is very important. You know, if uh, you're ever in a situation where it what, does, go ahead.
0: What do you think about the survival straws? So like, We can find water somewhere and even drink it out yeah, of Yeah, the, the life straw. And, yeah, straw. I've got a couple. They of work. Lives. I've, I've
1: yeah. tested them out. I, I've used them uh, several times. Okay. Okay. Um, they do work. Um, I haven't gotten sick. I did get sick one time for filtering water because you, you need to train yourself on how to filter water properly because you properly because you can get cross contamination if you do it incorrectly. And oh, okay. I've okay through that, and it's not a fun experience. Okay. Okay. So learning how to use your stuff when you have it is also key.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: But yeah, stocking up on water. You know, if we're ever in a situation where we're at that point where. There is no more water. We know they're going to turn off the water. Fill up your bathtub. If you have a pool, save the water in your pool. Yeah. Things like that, especially if you're going to stay at home. Will those,
0: will those water, will those uh, those uh, life straws filter out chlorine? They like won't. No, okay. no, not the chlorine. No, okay.
1: they filter out any kind of bacteria, virus, but mm-hmm. they don't filter out chemicals. And okay. microparticles. Yeah, yeah, like hard okay. metals and things like that will be filtered out, but not. Okay. Uh, chlorine actually is, is, is diminished by the sun. Okay. So eventually a pool runs out of chlorine. That's why people have to keep adding to it. So sure, if sure. you even like just put a gallon of so water. So it would
2: be better for your pool to be green actually at this point. You would want algae growth and stuff in the pool. That would actually probably create a more healthy water for you to drink out of.
1: It, in a sense, kind of. You don't want, uh, if you have harsh chemicals in your pool, you definitely don't want to drink that. But chlorine is not that bad for you. If you fill up like a gallon jug, leave it in the sun for like three hours. Okay. That chlorine's going to be dead
2: in that water. Okay. Mm.
0: Well, so. let's, let's take a station identification pause and uh, talk about the cigars we are smoking today. JB, what are you smoking?
2: Uh, this was a new release from Christoph, apparently, at the PCA this year. It's, uh, the Nicar- it's a Nicaraguan Puro.
0: <laughs> okay, okay.
2: Uh, so far, it's
0: pretty good. Did you show the people what it was? I no, didn't see I didn't show came. nobody nothing. Show them, what the, show them what it looks like. Yeah, show them the camera make it look pretty. All right, okay. They can't see it. It's blurry. But yeah, you are on Dave's. There we go, they're on Dave's. There we go, there we go.
2: The the camera is set to autofocus specifically on, like, two strands of hairs and Dave's mustache. Yeah, pretty
0: much. Pretty much. Yeah, I got
2: to trim this
0: I'm smoking a new release from Christoph called Tres Compadres. Tres Compadres, which means three friends. I I have no idea. I have no idea what that means, but this is what it looks like.
2: Uh, I tried to look up the blend on it. I didn't do a a, a super, like, in-depth job of trying to find it, and I don't remember what the, the rep said when he was here. But uh, long story short, apparently that is one of uh, Christoph the dude that started Christoph's friends, uh, who passed away, and he made that as kind of an homage to okay to oh, those three cool. guys. Yeah,
0: it's a good cigar. I'll tell you that much. It's just it's good. it's a medium light to medium cigar. Not typically Christoph. This is light to medium. It's not strong in any way, shape, and form. So, but it's very good. So yeah, I'm I would say impressed. this is
2: more medium leaning. Okay. Okay. You picked my cigar for me.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what it is.
2: Yeah, I can't really, I can't really tell a hundred percent everybody what it is at the moment because it's something that we might be working on. But uh, I just wanted it's to see test what blend. you thought about it. It is a test what blend. You thought so about So far, I like it. I like okay. it a lot. Yeah. Do you really? Okay. Yeah, okay. No, it's, What's it taste
0: like? Tell, tell us what it tastes like. It has
1: a lot of light woody notes and nuttiness to it, with a little bit of cream and like more of like almost like um, like a little bit of spice to it, like a lot of baker spice. Would, to would it. Would you
0: pay ten dollars for that cigar?
1: Let me finish it and I'll get back to okay.
0: you. Okay. <laughs> so you're you're talking about into the world kind of stuff. You need a bug out bag and you need to keep
2: going. And yeah. so do you keep moving? Do you settle down I would down say somewhere? even in a situation you... that you were, that people in Texas found themselves in, right? You're out. The power grid goes yeah, down power, for three that, or four that, days for some reason. That was a good lesson
1: for a lot. I knew I do know a lot of people in Texas do prep, and that's a situation where you're kind of you know you're hunkered down in your home already. Yeah. Or you have a lot of good resources there. Um, you know, stockpiling food, a lot of people do that already, like canned foods, things that are uh, non-perishable items. Those are always great to have on hand. Buckets of beans and rice. You can live off beans and rice indefinitely. That like- when,
0: when COVID hit, when COVID hit, I just want to get really close to the microphone. Okay. When COVID hit, I bought like an eight pound bag of rice and a ton of beans because I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I was told that, you know, we're going to be locked down and everything like that. I still have rice and beans. Yeah. From COVID, yeah, I they, still do. They yeah. last. Yeah, I mean,
1: it'll last, and um, it's it's easy to make. You just need a little bit of water. When, when
0: it I it. got COVID, I lost my taste buds. All I ate was rice, beans, and, and uh, two eggs in the morning. That's all I ate in the morning. And you look great. Yeah, oh, thanks, I thank you, buddy. Appreciate <laughs> that. Somebody's getting to swole, swole army.
1: <laughs> okay. No, so yeah, just having like a like a, a little stockpile of food at home is it, that's never a bad idea. You know, we see situations where food shortages in other parts of the world, how it affects people. You know here in america, we're we're actually very, you know blessed to have access to grocery stores where we can go and get food whenever we want. Mm-hmm. So when you see a sell on certain things like canned items, dried goods, like beans and rice, you know, stockpile it, just buy a couple. don't you don't have to overdo it, but just have the basic necessities. Um, uh, it does go a long way. My parents who were in Texas who experienced that um, outage. You know, they're very good because they do live in a hurricane area. So they do have like items in their house to keep up that they just keep just in case. And they said, yeah, like, you know, they were pretty, they were fine. They were without power for about three days, um, you know, and nothing really big happened. So situations like that, they usually blow over fairly quickly, but you just always want to have the just in case scenario stuff. You know. Okay. Okay.
0: So how do you keep from, how do you balance that with like not living in fear to where people are just, you know, I mean, there's guys who always live in fear. There's guys that are always like, it's, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And they're always t- waiting for the next foot, the next, what's it, next shoe to drop somewhere. They're always like, man, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's it's the end. The power Honestly, grid's going to go down. Like, how do you not live in fear? I mean, to me, I feel prepared enough, to be quite honest with you, and I've done quite a quite a bit of, like, preparing over the last, I'd say, several years, that I feel very, very good about my chances of surviving kind of a, you know, what you call the shit hits hits a fan scenario. Yeah. I I really feel like we'll be okay. And how do you do that? And then also take care of your, 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 your neighbors. Like like that's a big thing for me too, is I want to make sure my neighbors are okay. You kind of hit the nail right
1: on the head. Yeah. Those items give you that peace of mind that you're prepared. So you feel more comfortable and live in less fear knowing that, Hey, Mm -hmm. just in case if anything happens, I do have these Mm -hmm. plan B plan C, you know, situations and piggybacking on your neighbors yeah, you, you're probably going to have people around you who aren't prepared and, you know, they might need a little helping hand. And I know in disastrous situations, we've seen it every single time something bad happens. Communities that are brought together, that makes a strong infrastructure mm-hmm. for people in general. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So working with your neighbors, working with the community, kind of having that baseline and understanding of where, what everyone's situation is, mm-hmm. it's just going to make a stronger community. It's going to give other people peace of mind. To that they don't they don't have to worry about certain things. It's always okay. So it's okay to overstock on certain things because you never know. You might have to you know give a bag of rice to your neighbor who has kids and they don't have any food. Mm-hmm. Um, it and and building off of that, I mean, like I said, it just brings communities, you know, closer. Absolutely. So let me
0: let me let me kick you a scenario. Let me kick okay. you Let me kick you a scenario, and I want to hear from each of our of our audience podcast uh, participants what they would do in the scenario. All right. Ready? Power grid goes down. It just went down. Everything's gone. No internet, no power grid, no eth- nothing. What do you do?
1: What made it go down? A um, the, the, the surge. I don't know. Everything's down. F- f- five days down. <clears throat> five days down. What do you do? So five days down, I mean, most people are going to be fine. Um, you know, if the power's completely out, storage, like your meats in your freezer mm-hmm. um, need to be cooked first yeah so i would focus on on pulling things from the freezer mm-hmm. you know they're they're going to be defrosted anyway mm-hmm. um a lot of nowadays a lot of people have the really cool coolers like i have a couple of yetis i have a couple of canyon coolers mm-hmm. you know they'll keep ice for you know i i my canyon coolers will keep ice for close to you know 14 days once i pack them full of ice mm-hmm. um so utilizing those items to keep your food fresh mm-hmm. but yeah i mean I, I think five days with the power down i don't think much is going to happen what i fear most is crime
0: you know? Oh, okay. Okay. And,
1: and scenarios like that, you know, let, let's, um, let's use, uh, New Orleans for Hurricane Katrina, uh, as an example. Um, the minute the hurricane hit and after it passed, the power, everything was down, everything was flooded. Mm-hmm. The gangs took over within days.
0: Did they really? Yeah. I didn't know that.
1: So, oh, okay. um, it, and it kind of got, got a little chaotic. I think, weren't situa- people shooting at the helicopters? They were, yeah, they were shooting at the helicopters. They were shooting at the National Guard. <laughs> um, Dumb thing to way do, to go, by the way. You way just, to go, guys. Yeah, yeah, you just don't. I forget yeah. the reasoning behind that, but. Yeah, if they're trying to help you, don't, don't shoot at them. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm more worried about crime going up. You know, in a situation like that where things kind of advance, you kind of see the degradation of society, mm-hmm. um, and the worst of people will come out. So I know people talk about like, oh, my God, we all these things in Israel, terrorist attacks and stuff like that. I'm not too concerned with terrorist attacks. I Mm -hmm. do believe that they're going to happen and it's unfortunate. It's a terrible incident. Sure. However, I believe. My fellow Americans um, will commit more crime. I'm more worried about that guy kicking in my door, you know, taking the things from us that we already have. You know, people become desperate. People who are fearful are Mm -hmm. dangerous people. Yeah, that,
0: that's one of the things I think is is so necessary to talk about, especially to be prepared, is to not live in the spirit of fear. I think if you live in the spirit of fear, what ends up happening is you get super, super paranoid about everything, every little thing or everything that comes across the internet, because everything on the internet is true, right? You know, everything that comes across the next big, you know, shit at the fan moment or anything else like that, people are freaking out. And instead of being reasonable and rational and saying, okay, what what do I have to do to prepare my family and make sure that we're, we're safe? And then what can I do to help my community that's right next to me? Yeah. And if you have those conversations before something happens which is very very necessary it makes you just a, a darn good neighbor by the way it to, does to know your neighbors and to say hey by the way i just want to i just want in case anything happens you know here's my phone number here's what's going on and you can come over and knock on my door anytime and you know vice versa hopefully you know something like that i think i think having your crew before your
1: crisis is absolutely necessary and that's another thing i'll, I'll piggyback knowing who you can reach out to who you can call and who you can rely on friends yeah. family members, um, neighbors. You know, understanding who's there that you can give a call. Hey, I'm in this situation. Can you help me out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's very important. Um, yeah, like I said, people who are fearful, they're, they're dangerous people. You know, they get desperate. They're going to do desperate things. And, and unfortunately, that's just human nature. But able to be calm, you know, having that open communication with your neighbors, with your friends, having a, a plan in place before it gets that far is also very important, too.
0: What, what percentage of people do you think actually go crazy when something like that happens, like when, because, because when something like that happens, we don't know yeah. how long it's going to be. So when something like that happens, what percentage of people you think become irrational and just really go, go nuts? I couldn't
1: like, give you an exact percentage. What's but your I, best guess? I'm going to say like, probably like 35 to 45%. That's a lot of people. Dude. Yeah. That's a lot of people to worry about. The only reason I think yeah. that is because I can think of people on the top of my head. If a scenario happened that they're just going to, have horrible anxiety, panic attacks, and freeze up and not know what to do and just live in panic of what's going to happen next. And they're the kind of people that you need to hold their hand. you got to comfort them and be there for them, and they're just losing their mind because they're so scared of what's going to happen. Mm. Um, you they, know, can't, they can't move in the yeah, midst of crisis. They, they, they can't move, yeah, they and can't they're, move. they're just kind of stuck and in, in, in petrified in their own head, which, you know, it's, it's a terrible thing for someone to go go through that um, but being there for somebody and kind of like I said, having that open communication, that mm-hmm. shoulder to lean on, uh, that goes a long way. Right, right. Do you do you feel that uh, generationally that's
0: different within every generation? Oh yeah, from boomers to Gen Xers to oh, you know absolutely. millennials down to Gen Z. Absolutely. How do you think every generation would actually react in those situations? <laughs> Oh, man. The, 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 boomers, this, the boomers will be on the, on the roof sniping. Yeah, <laughs> this
1: this is like this. We're going to get some bad comments on this. But okay, I, go, uh, ahead, go uh, ahead. Let's go. Let's go. So let's go one, do it. one of my favorite quotes is, um, I forgot who said it. I know, I'm know i sure you guys have heard it, but, you know, uh, hard times create um, hard or tough men. Yeah, the cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, cycle. And and men cycle. men. Good cycle. times create weak men. hmm um, I truly believe that. I believe, like, right now, everyone is so fortunate enough that they can express who they are. They can do whatever they want. They're allowed to be offended by the dumbest things. Mm, yeah. um, I think the current, the earliest generation right now um, is going to struggle. They're not going to ha- know how to cope. I think the older generations who've lived through things like this already, okay. who've been part of horrible situations.
0: When, when you say, so when you say the earliest generation, you're talking about Gen Z. Yeah, the Talk, kids are yeah. kids are teenagers to like twenties. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I'm talking yeah. about
1: Gen Z. Okay. I'm talking about the the, and don't beat me up on this, but I'm th- just telling ta- you yeah, say it, dude. The Nobody people who cares. grew up on social media. Um, oh yeah. And dude. technology. I'm sorry, but it's it just it's one of those things where they have this false reality of life. Nobody's um, liking my zombie pictures. What's happening? Yeah.
2: Exactly.
1: Here I am, fam. I'm out here, and it's going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. They can't do that. <laughs> so it's like they're, they're I,
2: like I learned on TikTok I could tie real ropes together like this and get down a down a ravine yeah. but they've never tried it before so
1: i i think unfortunately i think that generation is going to have a hard time
0: it's incredibly important to absolutely work with your community and for your community you know don't be that guy who's you know taking taking uh, shots shot your community when everything goes down that's for sure you want to make sure like hey man by the way so that's why it's important to know your neighbors which is a big thing here in phoenix because nobody knows their neighbors here in phoenix right no, nah, not really. Yeah. It's true. It's true. It's a big thing well, here in
1: Phoenix. Kind of going back to the generational conversation that we're having. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um so you said you said the older
0: generation will be probably the best prepared. I think I think
1: they're gonna be the best to handle it. Okay. Um honestly, I think any kids that grew up in the nineties, eighties are gonna be fine. I mean
0: we we will be. Yeah. We knew knew how to build tree houses today' say
2: I'd say there's a mix. But I would my say, generation? No, 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 mine, mine, mine. Oh, okay, yours. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause, Cause I would hey, say 90s would so. be where I would go. Okay. My generation.
0: There would be a half and half, probably. I, the millennials.
2: I, I think it's yeah. I think it would be 70-30 or closer to like 75-25, 35. Yes, 25. Mm-hmm. I think because I know a lot of my friends who grew up hunting, mm-hmm. doing this, doing that, learned how to we all hung outside. We built forts in the freaking woods. We played in the creek. We went fishing. You know, we did all these things. We rode horses. We did all this stuff, right? Like, but I don't know, man. But I
0: think you are kind of kind of unique to your generation. Meaning, like, you you're more of an old soul than most millennials I've met. But
2: like that's what I'm really saying. Are. I think there's yeah. still a majority of my generation that did that, though. Because okay. lo- looking right. back, there was very few kids that that were like, "Nah, dude, I don't like going outside." Okay. Everybody wanted to go out and play ball. Everybody wanted to get on the bikes. And that's also territorial. Well, that's, that's, that's that's true too. That's true too.
0: Yeah, Midwest is like too. that. So I wonder what it would be like here in Phoenix. I mean, you grew up here, right, Dave? I grew up here, so yeah.
2: it, it was like that, too. Ten, like, the, There's 10 years difference, just for the reference.
0: Literally everybody. There's 10 years difference yeah. between Dave and I, 10 years difference between Justin and Dave. So roughly,
1: yeah. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, growing up here in Phoenix, I mean, like, you have friends from school. You go to their house. I'm, I'm sure it was pretty similar to growing up there. But a lot of times, I also spent my summers in Texas. Um, with my family mm-hmm. or with all my cousins, where on we the, weren't even on a, the farm, baby. where we weren't even allowed in the house. yeah. But like, oh, yeah, yeah. it was like my aunt would kick us out and we weren't even allowed to come in. She would if I was sitting on the couch, why are you here? Go outside and go play, figure out something to do. So you kind of have to learn to create your own fun. That's why I say technology took a lot away because those those communication styles of how we learned how to make friends, yeah, how we learned how to go to each other's houses, how we actually had to learn to talk to each other's parents. Oh, sure. that's yeah. gone. Yeah, I would, now everything's through a text message or through TikTok, Facebook,
2: yeah. T- TikTok, Instagram. Dude, I would be curious to see what the like numbers for like the Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts and stuff like that is. Mm-hmm. Did and, you guys ever I, do
1: Cub Scouts or anything? No. like that? No, no. I did uh, a Royal Rangers with the church.
2: Uh, my dad, my dad said, "Damn it, boy, get out there in the freaking pasture and."
1: <laughs> I, did, I did
2: Cub Scouts for a lot,
0: for a long time. I was never a Boy Scout, but I, I was Cub Scouts. So. Oh, no. We used yeah, to Yeah, so just... we learned how to make fires and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that.
1: Yeah, I think I think just growing up more grittier. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good word to describe mm-hmm. it, but, like, you know, we were outside all the time. We were getting dirty. We were getting hurt. There were no cell phones then, so, you know, you had to check in with your parents at one of your friends' house. Yeah. You know, right. uh, usually your friends know of your parent because that's how they would communicate, you know. So I, th- I think, uh, we, yeah, I think— we, this Younger generation is going to struggle.
2: When did everybody get cable? Like, what year do you remember getting cable in your 80, house? 85, 84. Wow, that's a, that's pretty that. early, bro. That's yeah, pretty early. Yeah,
0: my parents were, we were one of the first adopters Do you remember cable. how old you
2: were?
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think, <laughs> man. Because I remember for the Since longest 90, time... We were wrapping tinfoil on the bunny ears. Yeah, dude, and like trying to get better service and like moving the antennas back yeah. and forth. We even had the TV that still had the knobs where you actually okay. had to turn it to change the channel. I remember we had, uh, you remember those box J, wooden box Jason Oh yeah, dude, TV? the Kenwoods, the yeah. the JVCs. Oh, yeah. oh, we yeah. had one of those for a long time, and I remember, um, man, I was already probably like. Out of the house when like I saw my first flat screen TV and it wasn't even flat, it was still a tube TV. It just Now when you say screen. out of the
2: house, you mean like in the military? Yeah, like I
1: was I was gone like r- like before like that was even like a big thing and stuff. So So
2: dang, so how old would you how old were you when you went into the military? Eighteen. Okay, so that would have been what two thousand eight? No, God. I, tra- I was, uh, sorry, Dave. Uh, I, I tried. Ninety eight? Two thousand. Two thousand? Okay. So I would have been ten. That was about the time that my family on the farm got cable for like six months. And that was it. Oh, wow. So my whole life growing up on the farm, we never had cable. I've had cable
0: since it came out. We were the first adopters of cable. I saw the very first video on MTV called Video Killed the Radio Star. I remember all the old (laughs) stuff. No way. That was legit like like the the first one they played. Gen Xers, you remember the Cube. Okay, we had the Cube so I remember that, that was a big thing. It had a long, it was a remote control, it had a long cord that went to like the, the cable box, actually. So, and we you, you went through a little diff- different buttons on this little long, huge, it's huge. It's a huge remote control. I'll put a picture up there if I, if I can find it. But I mean, that was something that I remember. And then I had cable ever since then. So like ever since till now, to this day, I've always had... You know something outside of like rad living the good life spoiled i just we always did that's the only way you could watch tv like you go but see you had cable but your dad didn't
2: let your ass watch it though (laughs) (laughs) so my parents this is so funny because
0: i'm i'm now i'm now my dad's age when i was the age or whatever i remember like in my teens my parents would kick us out of the house just like, hey, go go to your friends, house, something like that. That's the only time they can be alone. Yeah, you know, and so like it was just you you were gone from sun 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 up to sundown. Yep, that street when light came kid, on. Your butt better been a, at least halfway back, back. Had to come back. You had to have dinner, and if you want to go back out and play Ghost in the Graveyard with the kids, and on the block you could do that, but you had to be in by ten. And you had, then you had to take a shower and then go to bed. Like that was every every day in the summer. Every day in the summer is exactly how it was. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, obviously, school and everything like that. But I mean, I, as far as my generation is concerned, I mean, we grew up watching Red Dawn. You know, we, we grew up watching like uh, different scenarios. Like we need- Yeah, the Goonies, things like that. So we think we can do anything. And we kinda were feral children, you know, who kind of raised ourselves when our kid we were first latchkey kids. Yeah. So I was a latchkey kid too. My parents dropped me off at daycare, if you would. So like I remember that as well because both my parents worked. So like I remember having like self-soothe. Like I never heard of like having like somebody talking to you about your feelings. I'm like, okay, I'm hurt. No one's around to see it, but it really hurts and I probably need to like wrap what happened. You know, so like that's kind of things that we did. And You know, other parents beat us. Other parents, like man, they were a I lot of hit sni- us. Oh my gosh, yep. they were a lot of hit I us. I got the kicked out of me by somebody. I, I, I was with my buddy one time. I think I've told the story one time before. I was with my buddy Jerry, and we were with his dad, and we we're in his car, and we started flicking off the car behind us, <laughs> and we thought it was fun. we were probably eight or nine years old, and uh, I literally, uh, the guy behind us came out. Punched, um, knocked on the knocked on his dad's window at a stoplight and said, hey, "Your kids are flicking me off. You and I got a problem." And he says, "Is well, there ain't any problem here?" Took us to the next stoplight, turned around, and slapped both Jerry and me. I mean, <laughs> boom, hit us both. Yeah. So I was like, I went back told my mom and dad, and he's like, well, "What would you do?" It wasn't a matter like the parent was wrong. I was like, well, "What would you do?" I'm like, I,
2: "Did you deserve no, it?"
0: Yeah, exactly, hundred percent. Were you I, honest I, with your parents and when if they, you no, they asked? Yeah, him? If you say no, no, said, no. they say, "I'm gonna call them." Yeah, yeah, and then I, and then yeah, they said, "I said no, I didn't do anything." Dad. He's like. I doubt that. I know and he was Jerry Jr. So he's like, I know Jerry Sr. He wouldn't do it for no reason. So, they, And they played golf together. So like, at the golf course, he asked me, he goes, yeah, so I heard you uh, learn how to use a middle finger in the back of Jerry's, Jerry's car. You know, I'm like, oh. Caught. You know, yeah. so. uh,
2: you, ironically, through the conversation, we've kind of said a couple things that I, I kind of haven't really picked up until right now. But I was surrounded by just a ton of men in my life. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I was lucky enough to still—I still have both of my grandfathers. Um, mm. One of them's in his 80s, and um, my other grandfather's getting close to that. Um, My dad was a police officer who knew everybody in town whose best friend was his partner in the police department who had a son who was my age. So, like, I just grew up—I had, had a third grandfather. His name was Ted. He was always around. So, like, I, that was another thing. I think a lot of kids— that I grew up around and with a lot of them were around a lot of different kinds of men. So like mm-hmm. a lot of things that I learned, yeah. I didn't learn just from being around my dad or watching TV. I learned because I heard the conversations that all these men were having with young men, more is caught than taught. Like yeah. like yeah, when I, I was in the, like when I used to hang out with grandpa at the, at the repair shop and guys would just come in and wait for the oil change to be done. And once I was old enough, I was the one doing the oil changes. And you know, the conversations that I would hear those guys talk with and guys that my grandfather had built relationships with over over 50 years of owning this business that would come in and have conversations and the different walks of life and man i you, you take for granted how much you really overlook that you're so blessed to have mm-hmm. there's so much i could have probably learned even more that I, I i i wasn't um you just don't understand you don't know what you're learning
1: oh yeah dude 100 no I, I agree with you there i i feel like Yeah, as a kid growing up, there were a lot more men in my life. Yeah, you you had your friends' fathers that were there. Yeah, all of them had different types of jobs. I
2: didn't have. I had maybe three or four friends off the top of my hand that I can count right now that didn't have a father figure in their life when I went over, and that you weren't scared of getting pissed off that you guys were doing something bad. And you had that respect <laughs> naturally like when you walked into someone ha-
1: someone else's yeah. house, you just had like, that like is your respect. dad home? No, nah, yeah.
2: dad's not home. We're good. We can hang out for a little bit. Then dad comes home and he's like, "All right, dude, we got to go outside." <laughs> yeah, that's 100% accurate. It's 100% accurate. We got to turn off the TV, dad's it really home. Is.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly so, right.
0: So we, so you know, that so we, we have the, we have three generations here and how thir- three people would react. What do you think about the generation that isn't represented, which is like the Gen Z? that's like my kid's generation right I think that what do you think is gonna happen with them I think that's it like in, in, in a in a in a in a scenario where you get the go bag and you know it's a it's a shit of the fan type thing so what do you think about that I'm gonna use
1: my kid as an example Mike I've raised oh yeah my, he's what 18 19 he's 18 so mm-hmm. I've raised my kid like I am like an outdoorsman he knows how to mm-hmm. camp mm-hmm. he knows how to hunt he knows how to fish mm-hmm. he has all the outdoor gear he could ever you could ever imagine um he knows how to make fire he knows all these basic life skills but he also knows how to socialize with people correctly like the, one of the first things i taught my kid was how to shake a man's hand yeah so dude, the proper absolutely. way how to shake a hand how to make that eye contact you know and when you shake when he shakes hand he looks you dead in the eye he'll shake your hand but then again he still has that that tech brain where he still knows how to use all the social yeah. media he, he loves playing xbox and gaming which i mm-hmm. do too i think we all do um but he he's kind of he's different, and I, I think, and that's why I say it, it's going to be hit or miss with that generation. Oh yeah, I, I so my my I, my kids raised, and
0: I think the, I think I think when you, yeah, because we both have kids, that are same similar age. Cam's twenty, your your kid's eighteen.
1: Yeah, he's gonna be nineteen soon.
0: Okay, so with my son, I think I think their their hearts are bigger than their minds a lot of times. Mm. That that's my thing. So their hearts are bigger than their minds. So I wonder how that'll affect them mm. uh, as a, as a community, like as, as a generation, like, man, something like that happens. And they're like, what, what do we do? So, uh, but I, my son, I think can take care of himself. I don't think it's going to be a big deal whatsoever for him. If he had to do, if he had to do what he had to do to survive, I don't think that's going to be a big deal. He was doing that when he was like six years old, believe yeah. it
2: or not. He would always camp and he would make his own shelters and everything else. Like yeah, that yeah. When he was little. If, and I, if we dropped both, like if we dropped both your sons off in the middle of like, where me and you, like, places me and you want to go, like, let's say five miles in, and we're like, all right, we're going to come pick you up in three days. We don't give them any food. You know, they get water. Do you think that they would be able to, like, hunt? Oh, yeah, they'd be fine. Start fires or sure. get yeah. out? Yeah. They'd cut the animal up and actually, like, make meat out of it and sure. things like that? Yeah. My, my, oh, yeah. That's awesome.
1: My kid will k- straight cowboy I don't
2: I don't know Cam that well... F- As far as that goes, I think Cam could do that. That's why I wanted to ask. I think Cam would lean heavily on Dave's son,
0: to be honest with you. As far as the they they could, but he wouldn't have a problem doing it. No, yeah, 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 he he would. He would definitely do it.
1: And that's why I say it's it's hit or miss because I've seen kids their age that are the exact opposite. Yeah, they complain about everything. They want everything. It's 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 weird.
2: So the reason I asked you guys that is because like from my personal experience, like if I was thrown out into like, so me and Dave are going to go do a javelina hunt, mm-hmm. hopefully in, in February, in February, D- Dave and I. Go ahead. So, yeah, Dave. I don't care. Uh, that's that's true. Yeah. I've uh, seen that already on video. multiple So times. If, if I was like in a situation where Dave couldn't go or he got sick and he had to like get out or something like that and I had to skin a javelina by myself i'm Mm -hmm. sure that i would figure it out minus the fact that they have like some weird glands that i'm not real familiar with yeah but i've never properly been like shown how to skin a bigger animal like i could do Mm -hmm. rabbit i could do um like birds and stuff like that but smaller animals but i've never done anything like a deer or anything bigger like that personally i've seen people do it but i've never done it right But I could probably figure it out if I was in the situation. And I think that's what – I think your kids would be able to do the same thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think most people can if they're put in a situation where, you know, it's survive or die – You're going to put things together and kind of figure it out. And you have to. You have no choice. I don't
2: like that face. Brad Brad ain't acting like Cam's going to do it. I just remember field dressing my first year. And I was like, this is gross. It's, dude, it it is. It's very gross. A lot of people don't understand. um, And the javelina's going to stink so bad. Yeah, they do. They call them stinkers. But a lot of people don't
1: understand. Like the real work (laughs) begins once you get the animal down. Mm -hmm. That's when the work like, really starts. Mm -hmm. So. But the fun, it,
0: the fun part is eating the meat that you that you got, knowing that you got it yourself gratifying. and everything like that. It's very gratifying. The hard part is after you're after it's down, you have to clean everything you just shot. You know, or, or yeah, you know, it just it really is. So well, that's like uh,
2: I, we found that black bear, or I found that black bear right before uh, bear season opened up. Oh yeah, and, and you were like, dude, there's a bear down there, and you were like, dude, people will pay you so much money to go get that bear. Yeah, and I was like. I am not going to eat it. I don't. I don't know if I want to. I would. I don't know if I want to go kill a bear. I'm not going to eat the meat because I, don't, I. I don't want to kill something if I can't eat it unless it's a person.
0: <laughs> not so, that you would
2: eat, eat a person is what you're trying to say, right? But people aren't innocent. Animals are. Uh, okay.
0: Okay. Well, Semi right. Cannibal JB over yeah. here.
2: Yeah. yeah. I didn't say I was going to eat a person. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. I said that's the only Fried thing I'm okay with killing that I'm not going to eat. <laughs> Soylent Green. So <laughs> coming so. soon.
0: So generationally, you think the older generation, the older you are, typically the better prepared you'll be, even I think though so. you're not as mobile probably. Even just the wisdom, you know. Yeah, that, I think that's I think that's a big one because when when stuff gets really really high pressured, usually guys who are older tend to keep it together a little easier, you know. And I've seen that with other guys. I mean, how old is Jacko Williams? He's got to be like fifty. The like Navy Seal. 40, yeah, the yeah. Navy Seal. Fifty years he's, old. He's up there. Yeah. So I mean, as a result, I mean. He's been through war. I mean, a lot of these guys who are veterans have been through war, yourself included, Dave. I mean, when stuff hits a fan, you become situationally aware a lot quicker
2: than other guys do.
1: Yeah, and that's why at the beginning I said, like, don't compare yourself to a soldier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, like, who?
2: what was the youngest, uh, like, officer that you served under? Not counting, like, a private first class or, like, you know, like an actual officer. Like a lieutenant, like a first lieutenant. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Probably pretty young, like. 26, 27.
2: Really? Yeah. Mm. I'm actually really surprised by that. Well,
1: mm. because if they go to college and go through officer school, they actually enlist as that.
2: Yeah. They go to OCS. Yeah. 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 That's so, my brother-in-law did that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, they, they just, you know, hmm. got a little bit of education at head start than most, most of them.
2: So like who, uh, that's interesting, bro. So like the head of a, of a unit would be that young. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, we want to hear from you guys. What is
0: your thought process when it comes to, you know, the crap hitting the fan scenarios and what would you do? What do you think the generations would do? You know, we're not here to instill fear in anything whatsoever, but we are here to make sure that you're prepared like any good man should be for his family. So drop a comment below and let us know about your scenarios and what scenarios do you see coming down the line that you definitely need to prep for and put down your favorite prepping bag items Down in the comments below. So, for the Cut Light and Smoke podcast, this has been part time Dave. I've been Bradley, and JB is on the soundboard on the side panel saying goodbye and God bless. Peace. That LT, by
1: the way.